0: Honey, do you remember in that marriage class we took, they were telling us that couples that prayed together and read scripture together, it brings them closer together?
1: And it's true. Women do not forget anything.
0: <laughs> what do you mean by
1: that? Well, I mean, we've been married for 13 years. And-
0: Excuse me? Uh, more like 15 years, seven months, four weeks, and two days. But who's counting?
1: Obviously, you are. See what I mean? We take this class 15 years ago in our mortgage class, or in our marriage class, and you just... We, we got See, a mortgage I know where student. your mind is. We, we take this class, and you decide, hmm, let's talk about that today.
0: Yeah? What, you think we pray enough?
1: Oh, we pray. I pray, you pray. I'm already starting to feel closer to you, honey.
0: <laughs> oh, give me a break. Come on, would you just humor me? Come on, we need to really work on this. Where I know. should we start? I, know.
1: I read this verse last week. I think you're going to like it. I'm oh. really excited. It's an awesome verse.
0: All right. Way to go, honey. Take the lead on this one. All
1: right. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. Oh, brother. I'll start with verse 1, and I'll read verses 2, 5, and 6.
0: This is sounding familiar.
2: Oh, God. Wives, in the same
1: way, be submissive to your husbands.
0: So that if any of
1: them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words, but by the behavior of their lives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, for this, in the same way, the holy women of the past who have put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful the way they were submissive to their own husbands like Sarah who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. (sighs) Let's just take a few minutes and pause and thank God for his words of wisdom today.
0: Okay, okay, I've had enough. Just wait a minute.
1: I thought this is what you wanted.
0: Well, uh, I'm just thinking, wasn't that an interesting choice of scripture?
1: I think so. I'm going to commit it to memory.
0: (laughs) Well, while you're memorizing, dear, um, I think that passage has a little more depth. If you would, let's follow on into verse 7. You know, the one that you chose to leave out? Husbands, in the same way, be considerate. You know that word, considerate to your wives and treat them with respect as a partner and as the heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Remember prayers? That's what got this conversation going.
1: Consider it.
0: Hello? Are you even listening? Respect.
1: I'm going to look up the word master.
0: Uh. Well, dear, Master really wasn't part of today's closeness exercise. And remember, you did start this.
1: No, 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 no. This was your big idea.
0: Uh, no, it wasn't. You're the one that started choosing Scripture as you pleased. Hmm.
1: Master. (laughs) Master, Master. I'm going to
0: need a throne. A throne? Oh, this is getting a bit carried away. Well, alrighty then, Master. You have fun looking up your words of choice. Uh... See you later.
1: Hmm. Where are you going?
0: Well, remember, you are the master. I'm your heir. I'm going to the mall. I'm spending your money, master.
1: (laughs) I'm glad we had this discussion, honey. I'm starting to feel closer to you already.
2: Well, we've all been there, haven't we? This morning we... Uh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and by the way, I've got my... Uh, okay, even though it clashes. Yeah. Uh, take your Bible and turn with me to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. As you're turning there, I've asked Crystal to, to help us this morning. Again, sometimes we get a little stuck uh, in our marriages, uh, and so... Since I'm not the expert necessarily on marriage, I've asked uh, the resident expert in our home anyway uh, on the subject. She's going to help us a little bit this morning, so uh, we'll have some fun uh, together. As you're turning there, let me just give you a little uh, uh, little commercial. Uh, Last year, Chris and I led a marriage class uh, called Love and Respect. It's based on a book uh, by Dr. Emerson on that subject. Uh, I actually, and so what we're talking about is based on from the, some of the, the things out of that marriage class. We have that book, and we have a number of copies in the bookstore. So if you want to, this is the Cliff Note version, what we're giving you. If you want to get the long play version, you can uh, pick that up in the, in the bookstore this morning. So it's a, it's a great book. We want to share with you some principles, though, that we found. Uh, some kind of revolutionary kind of things we felt uh, as, we were, as we were studying it and helping some folks in this marriage class that, that we did. Off the bat, the other thing I would say, though is that Crystal and I are not experts. If that comes as a shock as a shock uh, to any of you. Uh, we are not experts. In fact, just this morning, we were I told Crystal last night, now honey, at 7:30 you need to meet me at my office and we need to go over what we're going to share this morning.
3: That sounds so much sweeter than the actual way. It came to. <laughs>
2: Well, of course I was, um, you know, (laughs) sharing the importance of being there because that was the only opportunity we would have before the first sermon. Anyway, so I was sharing, you know, the importance of that. And so this morning it's like 7.30, she's not here, Seven. 35, she's not here, 740, 745, so I go down, I'm in the, and I've been kind of messing around the church doing some things, and I go in the, I was in the gym, and I was getting my mic and getting it all hooked up and whatever, and I come back about 745 or so into my office, and the phone's ringing, so I pick up the phone, and uh, you know, I'm immediately thinking, well, she overslept, or you know, there's something going on, and she's got this out of breath kind of, uh, you know, sound to her voice, and tell them, honey, what was going on.
3: I've been walking around the building for 15 minutes trying to get in. Every single door was locked, and he was not answering his phone.
2: So, God has a sense of humor, I think, and he was
0: when helping us you know just that uh,
2: little reminder that none of us are perfect and we still all have a little work to do. So, we don't come as experts, we just come as one wanderer in the desert showing someone else where we found or a little water. Or around the church so,
3: building, whichever, wherever yeah, you want. Yeah,
2: whatever works. <laughs> Now as we get started, we want to share a key foundational truth. Now don't put it up yet. Don't put it up yet. You need to get your pens out, get your pencils out, get you something to write with. If you don't get this first point, you're going to be lost the whole time. You're not going to be able to you're not going to get anything out of what we're talking about. Now, as you're getting that ready, let me just say as Gail said earlier, even if you're not married today, maybe you're widowed, maybe you're divorced, maybe you're single, maybe you're a teenager, People are people. Relationships, we're all in relationships. And whether it's dating, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, there is truth to be had from God's Word that you can apply whatever your situation, whatever your marital or lack thereof situation is this morning. Look and see and ask God, God, how do you want me to apply this to my life? So everybody needs to pay attention the whole time. This is something that you can can apply uh, to your life. So you got your pencil ready? Are you ready? This is the key foundational truth. Okay? Now this is kind of deep, very profound. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready on the Okay. Men and women are different. <laughs> now that was worth the price of admission right there. Alright? Now that's a that's a that's a that's a deep point. Now let's kind of illustrate that very profound truth. When a woman says, I have nothing to wear,
3: What we mean is we have nothing new to wear, Okay. but when he says I have nothing to wear,
2: what I mean is I have nothing clean. (laughs) See men and women are different, the way that we approach life is different, the way that we look at life is different, men have blue sunglasses and blue hearing aids and we look at life a certain way and we hear life a certain way.
3: And women, on the other hand, we have pink sunglasses and pink hearing aids. Okay, so let's recap this. Men have blue sunglasses, blue hearing aids. Women have pink sunglasses and pink hearing aids. And these sunglasses and hearing aids affect everything we do, everything we see, everything we hear. They affect everything around us. They affect how we process things from our world and our marriages and our relationships in general. Let me give it to you this way illustration to illustrate how different we are and how we hear things and see things differently a husband comes home to his wife and he wants to have a business associate over for dinner and the wife is all excited sure I'll cook dinner she was all excited you know candles on the table you know fix this nice dinner the evening went wonderfully the business associate leaves and they're getting ready for bed and the wife starts to tear up and she says that was the worst meal I ever cooked
2: now the husband with his blue hearing aids and blue sunglasses, being the consoling, loving husband that he is, laying there, says, Well, honey, that's not the worst meal you've ever cooked. <laughs>
3: heard was that that wasn't the worst meal she'd ever cooked. She'd cooked thousands of other meals worse than that one. Now, do you see what we mean? What she heard was completely different than what he heard, and the way she reacted was completely different than the way he reacted.
2: Let me give you, let's give you another, for instance, to kind of illustrate this point. The couple now is out, and they're at a restaurant, uh, and across the, on the other side of the restaurant is this couple. And this guy is sitting across from her and he's just gazing into her eyes and she back and he's leaning into the conversation, hanging on her every word and he's stroking her hair and you can tell he's just really into the, into the whole situation.
3: And the wife is, you know, the other wife is watching this whole thing happen across the restaurant. And she looks over at her husband, who's watching one of those TVs, you know, that's hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> trying to see all the scores going across the bottom. And she says to him, why don't you ever do that? They look like they're so much in love. Look, he's hanging on every word. And she says, why don't you ever do that?
2: I was like, well, I don't even know that woman. <laughs> <laughs> so he heard, you know, certain things. She heard certain things. He saw certain things. She saw certain things. Again, men and women are different. We look at life different. So we need to start off on the same point on the ground floor. Men and women are different. There's some great truth in Ephesians 5. Let me, and you can read the whole passage for yourself later. Just let's focus on verse 33. Verse 33, there's some great principles of Ephes- in, here in Ephesians 5. And th- listen to what it says. However each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, that passage to us guys, listen up guys, you need to pay attention, so wives, you poke your husband. This weird, you need to pay attention. It says for us to love our wives as we love ourselves. Now, the word that uh, Paul uses here in the Greek is the word agape. Now, I know you probably all, all, already know this, but in the Greek, unlike English, in English there's one word for love, love. In the Greek, there are several words that are translated, depending on the situation, this word it can be translated love in English. One of the words that is used in Greek is agape. Paul chooses this word. That word agape is the love that is the love that describes God's love for us. It's the word that is used in John 3, 16, that passage that we're familiar with. For God so loved, for God so agaped the world that he gave his one and only son. We can see the, the way that that, that that kind of love is that love of God giving absolutely the best that he's got to give, loving unconditionally the world. That's the way Paul says to us, husbands love your wives. It's not the phileo love, which is a friendship kind of love. It's not the eros love, which is a, which is a love like Hollywood uh, portrays, a physical kind of love. That's not the word, choice that Paul uses. Paul uses the word agape, the pure, unconditional love. And then for us that still need a little remedial help, he says, love your wife as you love yourself. If we still didn't quite get it, We all, we guys understand what it is to love ourselves. That's the way Paul says to love our wives. With an unconditional love.
3: And wives, also this Scripture talks about us respecting our husbands. There's also a Greek word there used for respect, and that word is used when talking with your relationship between you and God. This word is also translated as uh, fear in other parts of Scripture. But here it's talking about a respectful, honoring relationship between you and the Lord, and that same word is used there between you and your husband. One way to understand this whole respect concept is to Maybe talk about what it's not. Respecting your husband is not browbeating him. It's not showing him contempt. It's not treating him like another one of your children. That's not respect. Showing respect for your husbands doesn't mean either that we don't have an opinion as wives. That we're not entitled to maybe disagree with our husbands at times. Being respectful to our husbands means to treat them as first among equals. And David and I were trying to decide how to best illustrate this, and we really thought it would be best to illustrate it in our decision to move here from Ohio.
2: When I had come up and I had visited with the uh, the pulpit committee, and I had come and I had talked to them, and I had visited the community because I wanted to see the community and. I went home and Crystal's, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And I kind of gave her my opinion. But I said, Crystal, you have got to go with me. I can't make this decision on my own. You have got to go. I want you to see it. You know, I trust your judgment. I trust what you, you think. Uh, you, you know, she, I've just learned that she has some discernment I don't have at times. So it was very, very important that she got here, saw things for herself, experienced it for herself, so that we together could make that decision. She, her opinions are as, are equally valid to mine, and so that that's what we I wanted from her. And that is, but. Right, the and now though.
3: once we got here, it was really hard because there's this emotional response that we as women sometimes have to making decisions. And for me, it was hard to kind of separate the emotion of the move as far as leaving relationships and all of that that we had had in Ohio to come in here. Even though I knew in my heart of hearts this was the Lord's will, it was just hard to kind of get that clear picture in my head of exactly what God was telling us. So at the end of the day, when David and I sat down and we started talking about this, I said, honey, you know what? Because He had respected me enough to want my opinion, it was very easy for me to say this to Him. Honey, I love you and I know that you have an awesome, vibrant, growing relationship with the Lord. When you get on your knees at the end of the day, whatever He tells you, that's what I want us to do. So there was that joining together of opinions, that union that came from loving and respecting each other enough to care about the other's opinion. But I respected him enough then to turn the decision over to him because I knew where he was at with the Lord. But he loved me enough to care about my opinion. And that whole respect thing and trusting each other and seeing each other as first among equals is one thing that, that comes along with that respect. And notice in that scripture one more time where it says you must respect your husband. There's another translation that uses the words see to it that you respect your husband. And that word doesn't appear in that text, but it says, see to it that you respect your husband. Our, tra- our traditional thought of respecting is this, ladies. We want to give respect once it's been earned. Am I right? That's what we think. I will respect him when he's earned my respect. If my husband would love me like they should, then I would respect them. If if I would respect them if they if they could just love me as much as I love them, then I'll respect them. And then some of us think, you know, it would be really hypocritical of me to respect him because he doesn't deserve my respect. But ladies, let me tell you this. It is not hypocrisy to respect your husband. It's maturity, not hypocrisy, to respect your husband in those situations. But traditionally, our, we as wives think that they have to earn that first. But I challenge you to find that biblically because it doesn't say that they have to earn it first. It says that we must do it, that we must see to it that we do that. Let me summarize again the basic needs for men and women. Men need to be respected and women need to be loved. Now when we say that, please don't assume that we're saying that men don't need to be loved and women don't need respected because we have friends that this works in opposite, you know what I mean? The guy wants the love, the woman wants the respect. So if you're sitting here and this is opposite, just take what you get from this and go on. Don't assume that we don't think too that even though we might want love as women that we don't want to be respected because we certainly do want to be respected and vice versa. Men want to be loved.
2: So guys, let's get some help understanding uh, this idea. Uh, and maybe this is help for you ladies to understand us men. This need that we have to, for respect. Most of the time, men don't wonder if our wives love us. What we wonder is, the question that comes up is, does my wife like me? And what that really translates to is, does she respect me? I know she loves me. I don't wonder that. But does she like me? Does she really really respect me? There was a a study that was conducted. This will help us kind of understand. A study conducted of men who were given a choice of two negative situations. They were forced to choose. If forced to choose one of the following situations. Which would they prefer to endure? One, to be left alone and unloved in the world. Or two to feel inadequate and disrespected by everyone. Seventy-four percent of the men, if they were forced to choose, said that they would prefer living alone and unloved in the world. So in other words, the bigger negative for most men was a feeling to live with a feeling of inadequacy and a feeling that everyone disrespected them. And Dr. Emerson in his book writes that he that, that in his research with couples and his work with couples over the years, that that is borne out in his what he's found in men. Men would rather live with a wife who respected them but did not love them than with a wife who loved them but did not respect them. And again, we're talking generally guys versus, uh, versus women. A good way to illustrate it is think about how uh, in, the, in the military how men are motivated in the military. You've got the commanding officer. Let's say the, uh, the men had a terrible day at maneuvers. How is he going to motivate them? It's not touchy-feely kind of stuff that he, but he, that he gives them. What he does is, he says to them, now guys, this was horrible what, what happened today, but I believe in you. We can do this. You can be the most awesome fighting unit in this entire army. If we'll work together and we'll, we'll work hard, together we can do it. You can be, the, uh, to, to be an example for the rest of this entire army. That kind of Respect that he elicits in them to think about how other people will look at them. That's what we see when we see men. Men need respect.
3: And women, we need love. The key question that we ask is Does my husband love me as much as I love him? We want to know Does he love us as much? Let me illustrate it to you this way, and I'm sure this has never happened to anybody else. We, not we, no, this was somebody else. 15th, yeah, anniversary dinner We've changed the names
2: to protect the innocent <laughs>
3: right. Anniversary dinner's coming up The husband is going to take his wife out to dinner So they get in the car and this discussion ensues And I'm sure you've never had this discussion in your vehicle Well honey, we'll go wherever you want to eat Oh no honey, we'll go wherever you want to eat No, it's fine, you choose where you want. And finally the wife says, no honey I really want you to decide where we go for dinner so the husband says, you know, I heard about this great truck stop that has awesome steaks. <laughs> now, that just totally miffed her. Because what she, and he said that, because what, what did she say? She said, we'll go wherever you want to go. But what she meant was, if you love me as much as I love you, you'll know exactly where I want to go eat.
2: Now let's pause, man. Is that just not crazy talk? <laughs> How, we, how can we know that? It's re- you need to put the cookies on the bottom shelf with us guys. Say what you mean. If you don't want to go to the truck stop, say, well, you want to go anywhere but the truck stop? Anyway.
3: It's okay. We've,
2: I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. He's turning
3: red. <laughs>
2: let's, let's, uh, let's further understand it by understanding what we want to call the crazy cycle since we just talked about crazy talk. This is, the, this is the crazy cycle. The crazy cycle is this, and we get this on this in Mary's. The crazy cycle is, without love, she reacts without respect. And without respect, he reacts without love. And that cycle spins because the one feeds the other, and then this, it just gets out of control. Now, let's say that I were to walk into a room. And there's a light switch on the wall. And I flip the switch. The light doesn't come on. Now, it would be normal for me to flip that switch maybe a couple times, watch the light, the light, doesn't, the light doesn't come on. You know, I flipped it a couple times. That's kind of normal. Now, for me to continue to stand there and flip the switch while kind of looking around would be normal because I'd be waiting for Crystal's dad to come and fix it for me. <laughs> Richard, why, this is not working. Where are you? <laughs> but normally, people would uh, flip that switch a couple of times, it's not working. It would be abnormal for us to stand there and flip the switch for 30 minutes watching that light. Why is this light not coming on? It's the same situation in, in our marriages, in our relationships. When we, as men, flip this switch, we, we don't, we're, not, we're not giving our wives the love that they need and they're reacting, the, the, we're flipping the switch but the light's not coming on. And to expect if I continue to do the same thing that I've always done, that she's going to react in a different way. It's crazy. We have to realize that we're standing there flipping a switch that's not working. Mm -hmm. We need to understand that we are in this crazy cycle. And we need to consider that we need to react in different ways. And what, and what she normally... And we act and react in different ways. When I'm flipping that switch and not giving her the love that she needs, she typically reacts back to me in a negative way. Her typical reaction is to complain and criticize in order to motivate her husband to be more loving, which is about as successful as trying to teach Donald Trump some humility. You know, it just doesn't, that just doesn't work. And when the, when, when the wife is complaining and criticizing or maybe even crying... The coded message, guys, that she's sending is, I want your love. Hmm. And we need to hear that coded between the lines message. Now, when husbands react to that not getting respect, we, we react to that in a typical way as well. We uh, try to motivate our wives to give us respectable behavior and the way that we try to motivate them to do that, again flipping that switch, is we might start speaking harshly to them. We might do what is the most common default setting for most men, which is to stonewall, which is to walk away. Because a lot of, in a lot of situations, in a lot of relationships, is not always the case, but in a lot of relationships, as men we've learned that we can yeah we might be able to make some some points in this discussion this argument or whatever is going on this disagreement with our spouse but we've learned that we're going to get in more trouble if we keep talking
3: <laughs> careful
2: and so <laughs> and so we decide instead to just shut up and to walk away that's stonewalling and what that does is i'm continuing to flip that switch and that is a total opposite reaction, that she does not feel loved when I stonewall and walk away from the situation. It communicates exactly the opposite. And when the husband is speaking harshly or when he's walking away, what he's communicating, what he's saying between the lines is, the coded message is, I want your respect.
3: Now that we've talked about the crazy cycle, and, you know, you may be in a crazy cycle right now this morning, you know, getting ready for church. You may have been in a crazy cycle this morning. Let's talk about how to get off the crazy cycle, how to get out of that cycle of craziness within our marriage. And the first key that we have of getting off that crazy cycle, David spoke of it earlier. We need to decide to react in different ways. We need to stop flipping the same switch and flip a different one or flip it a different direction direction. We need to stop acting the same way that keeps starting us on that crazy cycle and do something to change that situation. I don't think I've ever met a newly married couple that wanted their marriage to fail. I don't think I've ever met anybody that planned on being unfaithful, at least not a normal person. So both people in the marriage that you have or in a relationship in general. You're both good-natured individuals that want the best for each other. But sometimes it just comes across in a horrible way, and we don't mean it to, but we keep reacting the same way, and we're getting the same reaction, and we just have to react in a different way. We must understand each other, in each other, that we're wearing those blue sunglasses and blue hearing aids and pink sunglasses and pink hearing aids and give each other a break just to be ourselves and to figure out how it comes across and react to each other in different ways so that we can get off that crazy cycle. Second, we must have faith. Faith that if we do this, it will work because the Scripture says it will. Because God's Word is a great foundation to stand upon. It's firm, it's solid, it's true, it's just. And we have to have faith in that Word. That even though that might mean I'll treat my spouse in ways that are unnatural for me. Because doing this, guys, may seem weird at first. It may seem odd to you to show love, guys. And it may seem weird for you ladies to give that respect that's needed. But doing this and having Faith in the word, it will work. I promise you, it will work. You might be showing respect even to a husband that doesn't, doesn't you feel like doesn't deserve that respect or he hasn't earned that respect. But to having faith in the Word that it will work. And husbands, you might be showing love to someone that's been treating you in ways that have pushed you away time and time and time again. But if you will first react in a different way and then have faith in God's Word, that crazy cycle can be stopped dead in its tracks. It's just if we have enough faith to believe that Scripture works.
2: The third piece of practical advice is we think to how can I apply this passage... It's the idea that someone has to move first. Mm. Someone's got to catch the ball. Someone's got to stop the cycle. Someone's got to be, uh, and your spouse may not be here today, or maybe they're here, or maybe they're not, maybe you're, maybe you're not married, whatever it is. Somebody has to decide to do something different. And let me encourage you, it needs to be you. Mm-hmm. To think that the other person is the one that's going to have to start. And as I said in Southern Illinois, that dog's not going to hunt. Okay? To just put it on the other person. That, well, when they start, then I'll start. No. Mm -hmm. You need to start. Another way to look at it is this. The most mature person in the relationship needs to be the one that starts. So we all think that we're the most mature. (laughs) Of course. So this morning again, you need to be one that starts. The last... Uh, little piece of advice as we think about how to get off this crazy cycle is that we need to trust the Lord to help us to overcome the fear that we have that if we do this, that if we, if we give respect that we don't feel like we should or we give love that we don't feel... Has been, has, has been because, you know, they're not giving us whatever. The fear that, the fear that you know, if I do that, I'll be, I'll, it'll be like I'm a doormat. If I, if I give that, it'll, I, I fear that, that they're never really going to change even if I do my part. The fear that, well, I'm going to be a hypocrite if I show him respect that he's not earned or, if I, or th- that I don't feel like giving him or if I give her love that, that I don't feel very loving towards her. And I, if I give her love, I'll be hypocritical with that fear. Or maybe you have some other fear. The scripture says, perfect love drives out fear. Mm -hmm. So again, let's let God help us to drive out that fear as we stop this crazy cycle. And guys, here's the key thing. The key thing as we put this passage into, into practice is, for us men, is unconditional love. We must show our spouses, even in those times, that we are not receiving the respect that we think that we need or that we have earned or that we deserve. Regardless, we must give unconditional agape love in that relationship.
3: And ladies, the key for us is that unconditional respect. And some of you may really be struggling with this whole respect concept. You may be sitting here this morning saying, well, you know what? I love my husband. I really do. I love him, but I just don't respect him. Well, let me put it to you this way. What if he said, you know, I just don't love my wife. I respect her, but I don't love her. How would that make you feel? You know, it's easy to get kind of in our little zone and we think, you know, I love him, but I just don't respect him. But you know, he could get in that zone of, I respect her, I just don't love her. And that would hurt us very deeply. So sometimes just taking yourself out of yourself and trying to put yourself in that other person's shoes is a great place to be. And I know this idea of respect is probably a new one because it was for me when we read this book, but it's a very, very important concept It would devastate a husband, and it does devastate husbands when we treat them with no respect at all, because they are designed to need that. That's the way God wired them up. Most of the time, they probably can't verbalize that, because, you know, guys aren't real good at telling you about their feelings. And they probably can't verbalize that's what they want. But that's how God has wired them up, and it says so in the Word. Let's go back to our scripture where it says, Husbands, you must love your wives. And wives, you must respect your husbands. It is a command, guys. It's not a suggestion. Let's look again at that scripture that our our skit so eloquently shared with us this morning. Of course, it was a little out of context. But anyway, 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. Wives. In the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of our lives. This passage is talking about maybe a husband that's not a believer, and that, or in another translation, it talks about a, a husband that's being disobedient to the word. But it says to continue to be submissive and to show them respect and they will be won over to the Lord. How? By a respectful behavior. Now let me give you a disclaimer here and I, this is a very serious thing. It's touched our lives. If you live in an abusive marriage, man or woman, that this is not talking about you needing to stay in a relationship that is harmful to you. You need help. You need professional help. It is not, God never said that you have to stay in a relationship that is harmful for you, or you fear for your life or your children's lives. That is not what this is talking about. So if that is you this morning, please seek help for that. That's my disclaimer. But wives, if we're living in a healthy relationship, one that God has ordained, that we have entered into in front of God and many witnesses, we are called to give that respect. That simple thing of disrespecting them will cause an overabundance of love to come back our direction. Here's a simple application. Wives, in those instances, when you have a husband that's being disobedient to the Word, if you will show them respect... That's in your demeanor, in your facial expressions. And you know what I mean, ladies. We can be disrespectful without saying a word. You guys should say amen because that is really true. Don't be afraid. Don't-
2: Even when you're on the phone outside the church. Yeah. It can come through the phone lines. If you could have
3: seen my facial expression (laughs) on my phone, you would have known I was not happy. Um, Anyway, you know what I mean. There are ways that we disrespect our spouses without saying a word. No matter if it's walking away, if it's a facial expression, whatever it is, we can be disrespectful in so many ways. So if we can... You know, I don't know what you're going to have to do. Turn around? I don't know. Just don't be disrespectful in those ways. Show them that you respect them and that you have an unconditional respect, even in your tone of voice. And that will spurn them on to want to know more about this God that you serve and that you're obedient to if you live in a relationship with somebody that doesn't know the Lord. And this goes for anybody. You know, if you have a work relationship and they don't know the Lord and they're hard to deal with, Show them respect and love and see what happens. They may want to know what you've got that they don't have. With a difficult parent or child, it works the same way. In all of our relationships, if you will show them the love and the demeanor of Jesus Christ, you will be amazed at what can happen in that relationship. And he may not, or that person may not be earning your respect right at that moment. But if you will show him respect anyway, and trust in the Lord and His Word, you will be amazed at the results. Now, when we say to our husbands, I respect you when you've earned it, it's a lose-lose proposition for him. Because not only does he become responsible for the love in the relationship, he becomes responsible for the respect in the relationship as well. He has to love like he's been told but will only be respected when He earns it. And that is a lose-lose situation for Him.
2: As we conclude this morning, we just want to give you a chance to invite God into your situation. In a situation that you might feel stuck in. You received a card, I think, maybe as you came in in your worship folder. I want you to take out that that card. On the top, there's a little merge symbol in there that kind of illustrates marriage for us. But that card, and last week we ask you, we had a card as well, and those cards stayed on my desk all week, and I prayed over those situations that were turned in. I would love uh, for the staff and I to be able to do the same thing. If you have a situation, a marriage situation, or maybe it's, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a team, whatever the situation is, write that down. Where, how are you inviting God to help you with that situation? Just write that down. The other, at the bottom of that, the first place all of us must, the place we must start is we must acknowledge that we need God first. And some of us need to start right there. Uh, in our relationship and say, God, I need you. I have never accepted you as my personal savior. I need you in my life. Or maybe you've kind of walked away from him. Maybe there's some ungodly things in your life. That's the starting point. So if that's you at the bottom of that, just mark that. As you're saying just to God, God, I'm putting you first. I want you first in my life. You could give that to one of the staff. You could drop it in. There's uh, offering boxes, wooden boxes at the back. You could bring it up here, lay it at the altar, give it at the Welcome Center. Just whatever, wherever you want to turn that in so that we can be praying with you. The other thing I would say, we're going to end in just a moment and we're going to give you an opportunity if you'd like to come forward and pray about whatever situation or maybe there's someone that you love that you're praying for. Maybe it's your children. Whatever the situation is, these altars are open. I want to encourage you this morning that Christ wants to help you with your situation. Let's invite Him in. And let's trust the Word enough when the Word tells us that we need to give guys unconditional love that we will do that even in those moments that we're not getting the respect that we feel like we need or deserve. And ladies, even when our husbands are not showing us the love that we think that we need, that you are going to commit, because it's what the Word says, to give unconditional respect and trust Him with the rest. Mm -hmm. Let's stand this morning. we come, and as we have a time of worship together, I just want to invite you again. These altars are open. And as we worship... You talk to the Lord about your situation. Invite him in as we invite him into this place, as we conclude with a song of worship. Let's invite him into our situation and ask for his help today.
3: If you would bow your heads with me this morning, I want to pray over us and just ask God's blessing this morning. Father God, you are awesome. Father, we stand on that firm truth that in you and you alone, in Christ alone, we have power over the victory that Satan claimed in death. Father, he no longer has that victory because you claimed that for us. And Father, we give you praise for that. But Father, not only do we have victory over death, But, Father, we can claim victory over the struggles that we have in this life when we place our faith firmly in you. So, Father, this morning I pray, whatever we brought into this room with us, Father, that we would lay that at your feet and that we would carry it no longer. Father, whether it's a struggling marriage or a relationship with a child, a hard relationship at work, maybe a recently divorced person who's just wondering how to deal with that ex-wife or husband. Father, I pray today, whatever situation we're in, wherever we are, that we would firmly place our gaze heavenward to firmly and squarely look in the face of Jesus Christ and say, Father God, I am yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you for the blessing that we have in a church family that loves each other enough to care enough about where we are in our marriages. So, Father, today I pray that you would help us look for the help that we need, that, Father, we would strive to live in the principles that you've given us in your word, and that, Father, I pray this morning that you would bless the marriages and the relationships that are represented here. But, Father, most of all, I pray today that as we leave, that we would have been blessed by you, and that we would have sensed your presence very real in a mighty, mighty way. Father God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word and for the people that hold us accountable to it. Sharpen us, Father, in Jesus' precious, holy, awesome name we pray. Amen
2: as you leave this morning if you're here with us for the very first time we are delighted that you're here if you wouldn't mind on that announcement sheet that as you came in there's a little tear off section just let us know a little bit about yourself and as you leave, if you wouldn't mind, there's a, there's a you can drop that off at this Welcome Center right here. If you go on down the hall, there's a room that's kind of a welcome kind of a, a room. We've got a gift we'd love to give you. We're just delighted that you're here. Thanks for being here. Think about next week who you could bring with you as we think about getting unstuck from some of the parenting situations that some of us find ourselves in. Greet those around you as you leave. May the Lord bless you.
3: Amen. Yeah.